Hey, good morning, good chodesh. Today's daf is daf tzadi. We're going to go from the fourth last line of Peites Amud Beis, um, 89b. Um, today's shiur is Le'ilunish Maschan Erikah Vas Fevel Shraga HaKoyin. May an Hashem have an Aliyah and may your memory be a blessing. Um, the uh, the Gemara's brings a story in its discussion um, regarding certain um, well conditions when you'd want we're going on to Hatora, not not Hafora, Hatora. Remember Hafora is what the husband does, but this is what the father does. And the dis- the point of this the the the, the dis- what it's what we bring in out in this discussion, which is what we touched on the um, can you cancel a neder before it kicks in? Uh, if a net is based on a condition and the condition hasn't been met, can you cancel the condition? Can you cancel the netter? So if someone says, if if X happens, I will do um, uh, food becomes awesome to me, then can you cancel netter before X happens? Okay, so the Gemara brings a story. It says, uh, we'll read through the story and then we'll discuss because there's a lot of... Uh, Interesting, difficult point in it. Says Ahu Gavra di Itzar Haniyasa to Alma. There was a certain Oleho inosiv isasi kiloitin yana hilchasa. There was a certain man who said he took a neder for bidding benefit from the world on him if he marries a woman. What's the condition if he marries a woman before learning hilchasa? Rohit bagafe v'tuvle v'lo imti leminta, and he went out. Uh, he put in the effort, he went with his walking stick and his wallet. I think that uh, simply that means he put in a lot of effort and he just wasn't having success. So he spent a good few years in yeshiva. Rav Barhuna tricked him and got him to marry a woman, got him to marry. And once he was married, Vishar Ketina, he immediately threw some dirt on him, since he threw the dirt on him to make him realize how dependent on people he was. And he came before Rav Chizda. He brought him before Rav Chizda to have his neder cancelled. So he, we see that Rav Bar Rav Huna, we're going to see, did he hold this as a psak or was it a stringency? But he wanted him to, he wanted the neder to kick in. That's why he tricked him into getting married. Very interestingly, um, he basically told him in some way, managed to persuade him that, uh, again, this is what the Ram says, he tricked the, that he won't become osur. His neder won't be binding if he gets married. Now that's nonsense. So he got married and his neder became binding. And then, and then straight after that, he threw mud on him and said, Oh, look, you're going to need a laundromat now. You see, you do need benefit from people. You, how can you do your neder? And, but you better get it now. So they went to Rav Chisa to get it now. And Omar Rav says, who else would be wise enough and great enough to uh, manipulate the events in such a way if not for this great Rav Acha Bar Rav Huna? The Kosovar, the Chihaychi, the Pligi Rabbonon, the Rabbi Nosan Ba'apora, just as Rabbi Nosan and Rabbonon argue regarding Afora, Hachanami Pligi B'Sha'ela, just as they argue regarding Afora, they argue regarding Sha'ela. What do we mean? So that's as I pointed out, why are we bringing this sugya to teach us to tell, well, we saw can the husband do hafara, or I guess the father do hafara, 
before the neder kicks in, before the condition is taken. Rabbi Nason says, no, he can't. And then Abonan said he can, if I remember correctly. Um, um, okay, but um, yeah, that's the, so that's the Machloikas. And Rav Huna, Rav Acha, Bar Rav Huna held same thing by Sha'ila. When you go to a Chacham to ask him to annul your Nere, the Nere has, has to have contributed and it has to have already taken effect. And that's why he made him get, he tricked him into getting married so that the Nere would kick in and then he could get it annulled. As opposed to just saying, let's get it annulled and you can get married. So let's just go through the story uh, line by line and try to get a little bit of uh, depth. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot to discuss on it, but we'll just do a few of the interest, a few points on it. Um, so I'm just going to go through the story again from the bottom of Paytest and would base 89b. We read the first few lines of Tzadi. But, so the first point we said is he takes a neder. Well, his neder was that I'm, bene- I'm also to get benefit from the whole world. Benefit of the world. If not for the, if I don't, if I get married before I finish Hilchasa. So first question is, well, let's assume that he can manage that. What, well, what's Hilchasa? What's learning Hilchasa? So it doesn't mean learning Shas. It doesn't mean learning Shulchan Aruch. It seems according to some of the commentaries here, it means learning Shas. It's quite a heavy responsibility. Well, until I know, until I've learned the whole of Shas, I won't get married. That's the first. Second point is, isn't that a net? And if I do, then I'll be forbidden to get benefit from the world. Isn't that an impossible neder? Because how can you have a neder? And remember we saw earlier in the Masechta that if someone takes, well it was a shvur there, but maybe, oh it could be done through a neder as well, that if someone takes a shvur not to sleep for three days, what do we do? We give him lashes for saying a shvur shov, and we let him sleep immediately because it's impossible to go three days without sleeping. So we see a neder that's impossible doesn't stand. So one answer is actually, it's only by shvur that we say that it doesn't stand. By neder it does stand. You, tra- you will inevitably transgress it because it's impossible, but it stands. That's one opinion. Another opinion is the rosh. The rosh, very interesting. How does he answer that question? He says, no. He says, by the fact that it's dependent on a condition... It's not considered impossible. Just, just don't let the condition come to fruition. Don't get married, and then you won't be forbidden to get benefit from the whole world. The Ritberg gives a more practical answer. He says either way it has to be... No. You have to say that the, the neder against getting benefit from the whole world is limited in some way. I, either it meant the whole world, but it's only on a few items. He, he meant on fruit, or you know, so he could still eat and get, get his laundry done, etc., Another opinion, another possibility, you know, maybe it's, it's on all, all items, but only on a select group of people. However, the Ritva says you have to limit the netter in some way, otherwise it is a netter that is impossible. Um, the next line is, um, the, this is just the interesting uh, point, not essential, the line says, why would he take such a netter that I'm not allowed to get married? I'm not, yeah. If I get married before finishing, let's just use the phrase, finishing shas before um, learning all the halachas, then I'll become forbidden. So why did he do that? So the Ran says, third last line, he says, You wanted to learn Torah before he got married. So he doesn't 
become bottle from Torah. You know, when you get married, and this, the Rama says, when you get married, you have a clear responsibility to earn a living and support your family, and therefore you aren't able to, often, many people aren't able to learn Torah because they're too caught up in earning a living. It's interesting, that becomes a primary, you don't like to think of it like this, but that becomes almost the primary responsibility of someone who gets married is to make sure that their family is taken care of. And then Talmud Torah. Don't want to take away from the chashivus and the importance that you've got to carve out some time in your day to make sure you're learning Torah, but at the end of the day, it's your primary responsibility. Now ask the... Um, yeah, just an interesting discussion with this so regarding this that he wanted to put off getting married to learn Torah. That in its own right is a little bit difficult because we do have the general principle, I say, the mitzvah, when you're busy in one mitzvah and another mitzvah comes, you accept. So if you're busy, theoretically, we would like to say, if you're busy learning Torah and the opportunity to do another mitzvah, whether it's get married, whether it's shake lulav, put on tefillin, um, etc., the mitzvah falls away. The, the, you can say, I say the mitzvah, potom in a mitzvah. So actually, we say that for all other mitzvahs except Talmud Torah. If you're busy shaking lulav and there's an opportunity for another mitzvah, you don't do the other mitzvah. If you're busy doing what, uh, that's a general halach, we've discussed it in the past. And all you say for mitzvah, potom in a mitzvah. If you're involved in one mitzvah, you don't stop it for another mitzvah. It comes up a lot in sukkah. Um, so, but not Talmud Torah. If you're busy learning Torah and it's time to shake Lulav, you stop learning Torah and you shake Lulav. Busy learning Torah and it's time for Kriya Shema, you stop Kriya Shema and you stop learning Torah and you say Kriya Shema, etc. All uh, mitzvahs, except that, that rule applies to all mitzvahs except Torah. So how can he put off his marriage to learn Torah? Getting married or let's say at least having children is a mitzvah. So how can he delay it? Um, just interesting, some reasons. Why should Talmud Torah be different? Well, it's the whole time. I mean, you can debate, maybe it's only to learn one line in the morning and one line at night, but it's the whole time. Yeah, we saw that discussion in the run earlier on in the Masechta. Um, but, um, but why is it not... Uh, but why, yeah, so you want to say that you've already fulfilled your mitzvah and you've done a little bit and therefore there's no mitzvah on you. But when you're learning Torah, you are doing a mitzvah. Even, even if so, you're oisek the mitzvah, you should be exempt in another mitzvah. So, but so one answer, this, this answer I don't like, but one answer given is there's a famous Vilna that says, we say mitzvahs Talmud Torah Kanegekula, and the mitzvah of Talmud Torah is equal to all other mitzvahs. And the Vilna points out that there's no minimum or maximum to the amount of Torah that you learn. That's what we say every morning. These are the things that do not have a measurement. That means that what does it mean to have no measurement? There's no minimum you can do and there's no maximum you can do. And the woman says, therefore, every word you say is a mitzvah of Talmud Torah. And not only that, every word you say is a mitzvah of learning Torah um, oh, equal to all other mitzvahs. So luckily when you're uh, learning through a shiri, you're doing hundreds and thousands of mitzvahs, because you're talking and discussing, and every word is a mitzvah. So that's, uh, that's what, and therefore, every time you say a word, you've done the mitzvah, and then there's a new mitzvah. So therefore, there's no oisek the mitzvah. Again, that's very difficult to me, because um, you're involved in the mitzvah. It's, 
at speaking and thinking and this, as you can't just say each word is a separate mitzvah and you're restarting it. Okay, so that's the one answer. Um, another answer that I think is a little easier to comprehend that's given is that um, the mitzvah is to be oisei Torah to delve into Torah every moment. And therefore, if the mitzvah was, if we would say Talmud Torah, if we, if we would say, oh, say the mitzvah, you would never ever get to do other mitzvahs. So that would be, uh, so you have to learn that by the fact that you're still obligated to mitzvahs, you have to learn that Talmud Torah is a little uh, caveat in that. Yeah. If you're doing the mitzvah, you not necessarily. I mean, we can discuss. There's another definition. I was going to mention it later, but there's another definition to Talmud Torah, given by I think it was Rav, they said in the name of Rav Aaron Lifflinstein, that the definition of Talmud Torah is Talmud learning Torah that leads to action. So if when you're learning Torah you don't do mitzvahs, I, there's an opportunity to do a mitzvah and you don't do it, you're not fulfilling the mitzvah of Talmud Torah as it's designed because again it's Talmud Hamevili Deimasa learning that brings to action so then you could if you say that's the definition of Talmud Torah well then if you're learning Torah and it's not bringing to action there's an action and you don't do it there's a deficiency in your learning Torah so that's why there's this caveat in it um, I bring a very interesting raya in Sukkah from Rashi in Sukkah there it's discussing this principle of Oisei Mitzvah. Well, if you're visiting one Mitzvah, you potter from Sukkah. It says if you're traveling to learn Torah, you're exempt from the Mitzvah of Sukkah. We know that if you're sitting and learning Torah, you're not exempt from the Mitzvah of Sukkah. You can't say, well, I'm busy learning Torah, bring me my sandwich and I'll eat it while I'm learning. No, you have to go into the Sukkah to eat your sandwich, even if you're in the middle of learning Torah. So it, says, so, so it comes out that the preparation for the Mitzvah is stricter than... Uh, seems to be more powerful than the actual mitzvah. So he says, so that's how Rav Aaron Lutlinsky, um explains it, that no, the, uh, the, the, the mitzvah, going to learn Torah is a great mitzvah, and you call that Oisek the mitzvah, and therefore you potter in sukkah. So you're traveling to Eretz Yisrael to go learn by your Rebbe, and you're going to go, be in the flat and whatever, that's fine, Oisek the mitzvah, potter in a mitzvah. However, when you're sitting down to learn Torah, if you don't do the mitzvah of sukkah, that's a deficiency in your learning of Torah. You're not really fulfilling the mitzvah. Again, what did you want to say, Dennis? So again, if you learn that definition, then you can say it's an aspect of the learning Torah, but I don't think that's necessarily true. I'm not saying it's not, but when you're shaking lulav while you're learning Torah... So you want to say very similar to Rav Aaron Lichtenstein. But I, 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 think, I do think that's, not the, that's definitely not the straightforward definition that when you're doing a mitzvah, you're learning Torah. It may be the product of your Torah learning. And my grandfather often said, says the pasuk of Ner Mitzvah Torah, or a mitzvah is a candle and Torah is the light. The, the candles, the candle is only the, the Ner, the mitzvah is only as bright and powerful and effective as the Torah behind it. There's still a difference between learning Torah and doing the mitzvah. But, uh, okay, something to think about, very interesting. So, um, so that would be the mitzvah of um, Talmud Torah. Yeah. There's a, the, mi- no. um, the, uh, 
However, the Rambam does come along and say that you can delay getting married for Talmud Torah. Now that again seems to fly in the face of the principle we've just said. We've just said, I say for Mitzvah, Potomena Mitzvah does not apply to Talmud Torah. So how can the Rambam come along? And he actually says there, he says to read someone who's totally caught up and dedicated and devoted to Torah learning, they can delay getting married. And he says, because when they, once they do get married, they will then have to go and earn a livelihood and they will be bottled from Torah. Can you see the Rambam's highlighting that point I said at the beginning? And once you're married, your primary responsibility, you can't dismiss your family and say, I'm busy learning Torah, you have to take care of them. And, and then he says, because of Oisei for Mitzvah, and Fatim and Mitzvah, if you're busy in a Mitzvah, you're exempt from the Mitzvah. So now wait, but how can you use Oisei for Mitzvah, Fatim and Mitzvah, to say you can learn Torah and delay your wedding, delay getting married, when we just said the principle of Oisei for Mitzvah, Fatim and Mitzvah does not apply, but Talmud Torah. See the question, Gavin? So the one on the... There are many answers given. Everyone discusses that Rambam, but the one answer that I thought was uh, ingenious, um, who was it? I think it was Shulchan Aruch, from the Shulchan Aruch Harav, is that no, it's this that we say, oh, you say, the Mitzvah Potter, the Mitzvah does not apply in Talmud Torah, is when you're going to go back to learning Torah. I like Lula, Tvilin, Kriya Shema, sitting in the sukkah to eat your meal. You're going to go, when you finish the Mitzvah, you're going to go back to learning Torah. What happens when you get married? That's a lifelong responsibility. There's no guarantee that you're going to get back to your back to your shiva, back to your Gomorrah. So therefore there we do say Okay, there are many other answers given to that question but that's the one approach to it. It's a very good approach. Yeah. And then we said, Drav Acha Barav Huna, so then tricked him into thinking that the Nere wouldn't take effect. He got married, and then he proved to him, he says, Ah, now that you're married, you have to get your Nere annulled. I tricked you. Um, and then we said, Why did he, why didn't he just annul it before? So this is Rav Acha, that's what we see. Robert pointed out that Rav Acha Bar Yaakov is trying to fulfill Rabbi Noson that you can't annul a neder until it's kicked in. So the condition has to be met, then the neder kicks in, so he gets married without having learned the whole of Shas, and then he, now that he's managed that, now that the neder is kicked in, he can get it annulled. The Ran points out, he points this out at the top of the page, and the bottom of the page, I'll just do it now, he says, um, um, on the last the fourth line of the run. So right at the top of the page, says, When he did b'may the polygrim, and also Rabbonin, coming on Karabonin, the Yochid Rabbonin, halof Karabonin, granted we paskin like the Rabbonin, that you can annul a neder before it's kicked, before the condition's been met, and before it's kicked in. Karabin in the midst of Kaman, as I write later on, says, Iul afuke nafshe mi pluksa hu to ovid hachi. Rabbi Baravuna wanted to get out of, um, he wanted to avoid making a stand on the Machlokas. He, want, he, he wanted to avoid paskening like Rabbonin or Rebbe, Rebbe Nason, and therefore he acted in it. He said, let me just get him married. We'll get the Nehrer annulled. And, uh, and then we, the Nehrer's annulled, uh, cancelled by the, by the three, the Basin, or the, or the, yeah, here it was with Bayrab Chizda, um, complete, uh, completely according to all opinions. 
Okay, so that's the one version. That, and this is Rabbi Baravuna, that it's the same Machloikas Bahafara as it is Bahatora. Can you do Hafara or Hatora before the net has kicked in? Machloikas Rabbi Nason Rabbonan. The Rav Poppy, Omar Rav Poppy says, no, Machloikas Bahafara. The Rabbi Nason Savar, Eina Balmeifer, Elohim Kain, Chal Neder. Deceive. Uh, we'll see the Rabbi Rav Poppy says no. The machloekes is specifically bahafara, where Rabbi Nason says that the husband can only annul the neder if it's taken effect. and he brings the pasuk. We'll read the pasukim quickly and then I'll explain it because I know what it says. Literally, the moon was embarrassed. The Rabbon and Sabri and the Rabbon and say no. The Rabbon and Argy and Rabbi Nathan and they hold no. The husband can annul the neder even though it has not yet taken effect. The Sivai says written. Regarding Sha'ela, what's Sha'ela? Hatoras Nodorim. Going to the Chacham or the three men to get your neder cancelled. Divra kol ein chachamater klum elin kain chala neder. Everyone holds that it cannot be annulled unless the neder has taken effect. You see, as it says, lo yachel tovoro, he is not allowed to cancel his words. What's lo yachel tovoro in this context? Um, lo, um, he's not able to. Uh, how the Ran explains it, he says, he's not, a, he's not allowed to uproot, the, uh, he's not allowed to uproot the effect of his netter. I Only when the netter has taken effect is he not allowed to transgress it, and therefore he goes to the Chacham to get it announced. So that's how um, they learn, he's not allowed to uproot his netter. But only when his word has taken effect. Okay, so that's Rav Poppy. Let's just quickly look at these drushes. It's quite interesting. Um, so the Tosfos, a few of the commentaries bring this, but they bring from Rebbe He says, I don't know the explanation. How does Vachofra Halavona show us that you can, um, you can only do Hafara once the Nera has taken effect? So the Tosfos bring... Um, Venira, it appears. The Torah is just bringing this almost as a siman, as a way to remember it. It's not a real drasha. It says the real, um, the real svara is, and this he brings at the end of the Torah, discussing it, is there is no hafara, the husband can't cancel the neder where there's no isur. There has to be an actual isur in play. Now if it's dependent on, I, if I do X, then the netter takes effect. There's no isra as long as she hasn't done X. So the netter would not... So that's why he says it's a svara. And this pasuk is just a simana way to remember it. And he explains it. He says, v'chafra is very similar to the word. V'ha-fara. So v'chafra is... And halavona is similar to kamo binyan. Halavona binyan. So v'chafra halavona says v'chafra, not v'chafra, v'chafra binyan when it's already built. So that's how Toysus explained this uh, quite uh, interesting way of reading the pasuk. But that's it. And then the Chachamim come along and says mayfer machshavos arumim. No, the pasuk says you can cancel the thoughts of the sly ones. I, it just has to be a thought. It doesn't have to be brought into effect yet, so you can cancel. Okay, but either way, the bottom line, according to this version, is Rav Poppy comes along and he says that 
the Machlaikes Rabban and Rabbi Nason is regarding Hafara. Can it be annulled before it takes effect? But everyone agrees that for Sha'ela, the netter has to have taken effect. And Laima Masayla, let's bring a support for our poppy. It says, The person takes a netter that I will not get benefit from so and so. And also the Chacha, my approach to cancel the netter. Oh, very, what is it? So very, he wants to strengthen his netters. He says, not only am I allowed to get benefit from Ruvain, but if I go and try to get my netter cancelled, the Chochom will also, I'll also be forbidden to get benefit from the Chochom. So it makes him more reluctant to go get a netter. So he says, Nishal Nishal He first has to get the first part of the netter annulled, i.e. that he's not allowed to get benefit from so-and-so. And then on the second part, he's not allowed to get he has to get the second part on the Chacham and Now, if you're going to tell me that he can get his neder cancelled even before the neder has taken effect. What difference does it make? Which neder does he get cancelled first? Let him first go to one sage and say, can you please cancel my neder that if I get that netter and out, I'll be offered to the sage I asked. And then he can go to that, or he can go to that same sage or another sage and say, "Can you cancel my netter that I can't get benefit from Ploidy? Why does he have? To, why does the Mishnah first go to the first netter? I get it and out from Ploidy. Oh, then the netter's kicked in, and then you can get the second part of the netter against the Chacham and out. That's what he seems to be saying. So the Gemara says so it seems as a good support for our poppy. That every Baha the netter has to be cancelled. So we say, no, Miyada Ihai Kama Ihai Basra. Who says that when the Tana says first and second, he's actually saying the first part of the netter and the second part of the netter? Maybe he's just saying, first get one part of the netter annulled and then the other part of the netter annulled. And what's he emphasizing? That you do have to get both parts of the netter annulled. They, they require two separate Hataras Nadarin. That's what. <coughs> That's what he seems to be saying. Let's try bring another port of support for our poppy. I that everyone agrees that Sha'ila the netter has to take effect. If someone says I take a netter that I won't get benefit from Pliny, and if I do try get that netter cancelled I will be a Nazir so what's the two parts of netter first that I won't get benefit from so and so and if I try get my netter cancelled I'll be a Nazir so he says what does it say first he asks for he gets the netter cancelled I that he won't get benefit from blow and blow from so and so and then he gets the Sha'ila cancelled the, the, the Nazirus cancelled Says now, the the yeah, charot or something like that. Says not Well, if you're going to tell me that you can cancel a neder before it's taken effect, then let him get. Why does it emphasize first ask on the neder and then ask the nizirus? It doesn't matter which order he gets it cancelled in. So that's a kasha on, that's a support for a poppy, a kasha on 
at his Rabbah by Rav Huda's way of learning? So the Gemara answers, no, Rebbe Noson here. You could answer that that is Rebbe Noson. I remember Rebbe Noson is the one who holds that even by Hafara, you need the netter has to take effect before the husband can cancel it. Therefore, obviously, he'll hold by Torah, the netter has to take, has, has to have taken effect first. Okay, Omar Ravina, Omali Mareima. Ravina says that Mareima told me, a new point. Oh, sorry, not new point. This is a new version of Rav Poppy. So the previous Rav Poppy said that. Is Rav Poppy and Rav Poppy the same person? No. They're different, as far as I know. Uh, Oh, like, no, I don't think so. I think they're different people. Yeah, you sometimes, if I remember, you sometimes see both of them in the same sukkah. Mm-hmm. You can check. Maybe we'll check Stan's out after. He often brings the sages. So, Rav Poppy, I'm a So, the first Rav Poppy said that the Machloikes is Bahafara, and everyone agrees that Bahatara, Bashaila. You need, the netter has to take an effect. Omar Ravina, Omar Lima, Raymer, Hachi, Omar Avucha, Mishmedarav, Papi. Ravina said that Meraymer told me in the name of your father that Rav Papi said as follows: Machloikes ba'afara, Av Mishali Divrakom, Meifer Afalpi Shaloi Cham Neder. That the Machloikes is regarding hafara. However, regarding Shaila, everyone agrees that you can annul the netter. I, Rabbon and Anra, Rabbi Nason agree that you can annul the netter, even if it has not taken effect. Dixiv, as it's written, lo yachel devoro. You're not allowed to cancel his words. Lemeimra, top of Tariyamu Beis, de lo hava beimase. There's no action. Now the pasuk using the word devoro, it implies that it's not yet in effect. Devoro implies what he said, but not necessarily what yet is in effect. And it says he can't. Cancel. He can't desecrate it, but he can get a sage to cancel it. So we see a sage can cancel it even before the netter has taken effect. Macy, they they challenge us. Says quite a few. If someone we're going to use the same things that we brought as supports for our poppy in the previous version, I that you can do a Torah before the netter has been taken. As kashas on the sorry that you can't do hatara until the netter is taken effect on this that you can do hafara hatara sorry on this that you can do shaila. He takes a netter that he won't get benefit from so and so, and also from the person the sage he asked to get it cancelled. He first has to get the Rishon cancelled and then the second one cancelled. This is Amai. Eboyal Hai Nishal Beresha. Eboyal Hai Nishal Beresha. He should be able to choose which one he gets to annul first because as we just said, Rav Poppy holds that you can do Hafar Hatara even before the net is taken effect. So Miyodaya Hai Rishon. So the Quran says, No, Miyodaya Hai Rishon Hai Shani. Who knows what the time is referring to when he says first and second? Maybe he just needs the one vowel and the other vowel. He doesn't need first. Literally, the part he said first. He means the one vowel and the other vowel. He needs to cancel both of them, both parts of the vowel. So far, Mezivay. Another challenge to this idea. I take a neder that I won't get benefit from so and so, and I will be a nazir if I try get it cancelled by a sage. He first has to get his neder cancelled, and then his nazir is cancelled. You see that you can't annul a neder unless it's taken effect. He says, Vamai, Iboy al Nidro 
Why can't he choose which one he gets first? According to the way we've just explained Rav Papi, that everyone agrees you can do Sha'ila before the Nero has taken effect. Why does it say a specific order? To Yufta, that's a rejection. Okay, so where are we holding at? So where are we holding at the end of the sukya? It can't be the halot. What definitely can't be is that everyone holds, Rabbi Nasser and the Rabbanon hold that you can do Sha'ela before the Nera has taken effect. At least Rabbi Nasser holds that you can do Sha'ela, that you, you, you can only do Sha'ela if it's taken effect. That's Rabbi Nasser. The Rabbanon, it's a machloikes. Rabbi Achabar says that it's the same as Hafara. Rabbanon would hold it can take a, you can do hafara before it's taken effect. That's Rav Rabbanon. Uh, that's Rav Achabarabuna. Whereas Rav Poppy holds that no, you cannot do Sha'ela unless the netter has taken effect. I'm trying to think if I saw why should there be a difference between Hatar and Hafara of whether the netter has taken effect, but I don't remember clear any clear thing. Okay, let's go on to the new Mishnah. This is the last mission of the Masechta. At first, initially they said three points. There three women who can, who can get divorced, initiate divorce, and they still collect their ksuba. Okay, what are they? She says, I am Tomei to you. She says, I was, I committed adultery. I can't really be adultery because the run points out that we're going to see this in the Gemara. If she says, I committed adultery, well then she has to get divorced without her ksuba. And if she says, um, I was raped, well then she's permitted to her husband. She doesn't have to get divorced. So it must be the case of a woman who was married to a Kohen who says she was raped. So we believe her and we make her get divorced from her husband. The Kohen, because remember, Kohen, his wife is raped, have to get divorced. And the Ran, the Ran points out, oh, but still, um, why does she get her ksuba? She says, no, because she can say, I'm 100% fine to be married to my husband. It's you, the Kohen, that your restrictions make you not able to marry me. It's as if the, the line we use a few times to say, like, bad luck, it's, it's, it's your fault almost. Nistap your field flooded, it's your problem. And therefore, if you now have to divorce me and pay my ksuba. Okay, so that's Tamea Ani again from a, it's a Kohen's wife who was raped. Then the second one is, Shomayim Beinila Bein Heaven should be between me and you. Basically, what this is referring to um, is the Gemara holds that if, uh, if the man doesn't ejaculate with strength, she won't be able to conceive. And this is something that really only his wife can know. At some level of impotence, only his wife can know. So if she says that, then we make them get divorced and give the ksuba. She says, I take a netter that I can't get, can't attach me with any Jews. Now, Chazru Loima. Which word? Which phrase? From defiled defi- by you to you. I'm impure to you. So that we said is referring to a wife of a Kohen who was raped. So she's believed to say she was raped and she collects a tzuba. They get divorced and she collects a tzuba. The second one is Shomayim Beni 
levenech, or the heaven is between me and you. I only Hashem can really judge this case because no one except his wife can tell it, and we're trusting her. But we trust the Chazal say we trust her. And then the third one is Natula Ani Min Yudim. Okay. Then Chazru Loimar. Then they 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 realize that there's a little bit of a problem here. What happens if a woman sees another man that she wants to marry, so she ruins herself to her husband? I she. She realizes she wants to opt out of this marriage. She has an easy way out. She can just say one of these statements and the Basin will believe her and they'll get divorced and she'll get her ksuba, which is not, not reasonable. So he says, no. Um, so therefore, if a woman says she was raped, she has to bring a proof. Oh, on this, there's a very interesting discussion. Just wait. The run point I says, wait. We said that the Orisa, if a woman says she's Tomei, uh, this wife of the coin says she's Tomei, she's believed. And therefore, we let her get divorced with her Ksuba. Now we're saying, Rabbon are not concerned. Maybe she's lying because she just wants to marry someone else. And as we know, the wife can't force a divorce. The husband has to divorce it. So she says this lie. So you tell me, Dorisa, we have to assume she's divorced. But meet Rabbon, and they say, no, they live together. We don't believe her unless she can prove it. So she can't prove it. They live together. So he says, so Dorisa... They shouldn't be married. And Rabbonin, they should be married. How can the Rabbonin come and uproot that aloha? It's actively making them transgress because every time they live together, they transgress in this aloha. So the one answer is that uh, there are a few answers given. Um, that uh, um, amongst them is that, no, Chazal saw that. Uh, yeah. Let's leave the answers, but you see the question that Doraisa seems that they should be divorced. Or there's a big discussion in, I mean, in Evidenizer and the commentaries and Poskim. When do you believe a wife to say that she was raped or to say that she committed adultery? When do you believe her because, well, she's incriminating herself or she's trying to get out of the marriage? What? When do you believe her and when don't you? Um, that's. Uh, that's a big discussion. Okay, let's go on to the second one. If the woman says that the heaven is between me and you, I, she's asserting that he can't make her pregnant, then we plead with her. There are, very, there are various ways of what it means. We plead with her. Um, the the Toysos bring the Rach, who says it means daven to Hashem. That she will be able to have children, but it's, we can't let them get divorced. Another pshat is that we plead with her, we beg her, and says, "Look, don't say such things about your husband. We, we're not allowed to get you, let you get divorced based on this assertion. So don't say such things about your husband in the future." Um, the run brings um, that um, from the Yerushalmi that. Um, he, the husband must make suitors and banquets and feasts, whatever, to try appease her so that she doesn't want to get divorced. But almost as not, we can't let them get divorced. And the Tula Ani Min HaYehudim Yofer Lechalko V'tahavim Meshamsho V'tahinu Tele Min HaYehudim says, if she says, I am also to all Jews, we tell the husband to annul his share, either this part of the netter that she's also to him, and then she can have beer with him, and she would be forbidden to all other Jews. Oh, um, the Ran explained, what does it mean to Tulamina Yehudim? Why wouldn't the husband just annul it? Why are we saying that we believe her and she can get divorced? She takes a net and that she's also to all other men. We believe her and she can get divorced. He explains because it's clear, it's apparent from the case that really what she's 
she, she finds Tashmish very, very painful. Okay, now again, that's not something, it's only you think she can know, so therefore we tell the husband to cancel Neder and still be with her, and I guess they'll have to work it out from there. Okay, the Gemara asks, When she says to her husband, I am Tome, can she eat Truma? I, we've said that initially they would let her get divorced based on that. She says to her husband, the Kohen, I was raped. She's divorced and gets her ksuba. So he said, no, we go strict and we don't let her get divorced based on that in case it's really just because she's fallen in love with someone else. Um, but what happens, can she eat truma? Do maybe we just go strict and we say that because the wife of a Kohen who is raped cannot eat truma anymore. Only someone who can be married, to, only this woman who can be married to her husband, the Kohen, can eat truma. So maybe we just go strict and we don't allow this. So Rav Sheish says, Omar Ocheles, Shalotei Lahaza Alboneo, Rav Omar Eino Ocheles, Eshed Ochlo Chulim. Rav Sheish says, no, we don't allow, we do allow her. Because if we don't allow her, people are going to speak badly about her children. And you say, oh look, she's not allowed to eat truma. She must have committed adultery and all her children are mamzerim. So therefore, Rav Sheish says, you better let her eat truma. You're telling her to remain with her husband, you let her eat truma. And Rav comes along and says, no, she's not allowed to eat truma, just make sure she let her eat chulin. Maybe he's saying it's not so apparent. Oh, my Rav, umoide Rav Sheishes. Rav says, Rav Sheishes agrees, she'imnis armano she'eno oicheles. Once she's divorced, she's no longer allowed to eat truma. Midi high timer ele mishum toitzel hazalboneo. Because as we said, the only reason was because we worried about the bad name it will give the children. Mis armalov and iskarsha omri hashta de it nisa. If she becomes widowed or divorced, we're going to say that it's only now that she was raped. Again, if the whole marriage they were eating truma and then and then all of a sudden they get divorced and she can't or she becomes widowed and they can't they're going to say, oh, something more recently has happened that caused her to not eat truma and it won't reflect badly on her children they will still be permitted to they will still be kohanim, they won't be mamzerim etc. I think let's leave it there for today and we'll please God finish the seches nadarim tomorrow. Yeah. Last few pages will be very